Welcome to Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a pint. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. A family of retail craft beer stores focusing on amazing beer, hospitality, and education. 23 locations, 11 states across the country. Visit Craft Beer Cellar, that's C-E-L-L-A-R, craftbeercellar.com for locations near you. And keep listening all month for an opportunity to win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar. And I am just realizing I still have not mailed that gift card to this month's winner. Who who put Ogan in charge of that? Hang my head in shame. Oh, you know what? I wow. got us the sponsor, so cut me a little slack. No, don't admit that on air, or no one's going to want to comment for the free beer. <laughs> I know, right? You know, it's, Ta- it's tomorrow. It's going in the mail tomorrow, I promise. I promise okay. tomorrow. When the show is done. send them to me from now on. I will make sure they get out promptly. Uh, I will, I will, as soon as the show is done, I will, I will put them in envelopes, stick them in the mailbox tonight. They'll, they'll be out tomorrow. Boom. Um, Never yeah. a doubt. I, Never a doubt. I think he said that last week. And how can you win that free beer? You know what? Whoa. You can win that free beer by following <laughs> us on Twitter at PubTheology and using hashtag PTLive. If you can say wiser things than us, which tonight will not be difficult, you will have a chance to win that free beer. Or on Facebook, you can comment at facebook.com slash PubTheology. And I think maybe we'll announce next week who wins uh, for April. So keep Oh my listening. gosh, it's the end of April already? Stop. Say it isn't so. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hey, I think if I get if I get the card in the mail uh, before the next month rolls around, before we announce the next month's winner, I think that's a win. I think no. that is a win. That is a no, win. it's unacceptable. I'm sorry. That's, that's a general rule. All right. And as you probably know, you can watch us live and see uh, what an entertaining group we are by watching us live Tuesdays, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern at pubtheology.com. Uh, always interesting and unexpected, including tonight. You, you definitely or you can listen back, later. Go anytime. back and watch the video on this one because it was a mess at the beginning. No, let's not. <laughs> you don't want to relive moments like that. Oh, oh my, my word. Or you can listen anytime on SoundCloud or iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tonight, we discuss Prince and his unexpected passing. He was a flamboyant sex symbol and also deeply religious. Is that surprising, contradictory, something else? We also discuss time travel. If it were possible, would you prefer to go back in time or forward into the future? Plus, is God violent? If so, is that a problem? Is nature violent? And is anyone responsible for that? And what will it take for peace to happen in our world or just on this episode? <laughs> it's asking a lot, Brian. We're not being violent. What are you talking but about? Brian, I got a full bottle of wine here. It, it might go. <laughs> it's a it happen. It should be in our time. Way before we got on the air, so, so <laughs> she's in our time. Dude, you're not I supposed sh- to die me out. I'm not supposed to what now? You're not supposed to die me out. Die you out? What are you saying? Dime me out. Dime you What does that mean? I've never heard Whoa. that before. Really? You- when you tell on somebody? Rat, you, you rat a person out. You don't dime them okay, out. Okay, whatever. What are you, Muggsy? What is it, 20s? You gangster? <laughs> you're not gonna die, don't dime me out here, see? <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Anywho. Carry so what, are we, what are we drinking tonight? Uh, I'm trying to get in the flavor of spring, even though it is so chilly and rainy here right now. It's in the low 30s right now. So I have uh, um, Ipswich Revival. 
Belgian style saison ale. Ooh, excellent, excellent. See, see what it tastes like. Never had this before. And? Mm, yeah, that's nice. A little, little hoppy. A little on the hoppy side. Yeah. Oh, it's got some promise then. Of the saison, yeah, but um, it'll it'll be good. I like it. It'll work. Very good. What's on the bottle uh, and in the bottle, Tina? On untap. Uh, what's on the oh, bottle? Oh, me? They're f- oh, it's kind of her. Are you Enough Tina? <laughs> Enough about me. Um, I'm, I'm drinking Parker's Estate Old Vine Street. It's a cab. It's a 2014. It's from California. It's actually really good. I'm enjoying that. You sound well surprised. Done. Were you not expecting it to be good? No, because it was on sale, like a big-time sale, and usually I expect them to be past their prime when they're on sale like that. Ah. Uh, but I still bought it. I know. I'm cheap. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I was going to, I was going to question your logic about still buying it, even though it was, you suspected it might be past its prime. I know. How about you, Brian? What's up? What are you drinking tonight? I have got an Oval Beach Blonde Ale from Saugatuck Brewing. Uh, Oval Beach is a lovely beach uh, about a half hour from my house on Lake Michigan. Nice sand, good waves. It's nice artwork and, uh, on that bottle. That's a good pint as well. All right. How's it, how's it, how's it taste? Have you had this before? This is an old standby of yours. Yeah, I've had it. It's you know, it's it's a very serviceable blonde, uh, light kind of summery beer. Um, you'd like it, Ogan. It's you know, you can you can put back a couple of these on a hot summer day and carry on. A serviceable blonde. Are we talking about beer or? Like I this? was gonna make a comment. Yes. Now I, I shouldn't even <laughs> say this, but my friend, they have a variation of this beer uh-huh. with more hops in it, and they called it Hop on a Blonde. Oh no. Uh, oh no, that's not okay. I uh, know. I feel guilty every time I drink that. That's not okay, but Ogun's gonna go out and buy it next week. <laughs> well, you can't, ask. He can't be feeling that guilty. He's drinking them. <laughs> no, you. Me? Me? All right. I trust. Right. I no. I trust Brian, Brian's taste in beer for the most part. Like he he's okay with hoppy beers. But he's I'm, not IPA. Or is that you? No, I'm the I'm the non IPA guy. He. Oh no, I do I do like IPAs. So as long as it's not an IPA and he says and he says it's good, we should be all right. Um, I lost my camera. I don't know. Yeah, you just turned into pub theology. That's kind of cool. You've achieved enlightenment. (laughs) (laughs) Turn into a glass of beer. Exactly. This is really that the is night. the true enlightenment. It's been, it's been a night of like it's been a comedy of errors for us so far. Wow. Well, in apropos for our first question, which says, if you could, that is, if you could time travel, would you rather travel back into the past or forward into the future? Why do we have to choose? Can't we do both? Oh Just, my gosh, you know, that's you so you, Ogan. You do. You have to choose. Have to you know, choose. I'm I'm the kind of person I don't see the point in looking back. I would I would go to the future. I'd see what's going on there. You'd um, go through the future. I'd go to the future and and see how it is. And yeah, I would go to the future. I don't see the point of going to the past. Um, past, past is the past, unless you could get this episode yeah. started on time. I mean, that might be worth it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd waste it on that, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I mean, you like you mean like travel to the future and then come back, right? 
Oh, now that see now that is a very good question. What if you could? What if it was a one-way trip? Oh, it's definitely the future if it's a one-way trip. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I'm going with the future because if I I'd go to the future and see how we handled like how we did things, and then I would come if I could come back, I would kind of help redirect. Although I kind of feel like I'm already trying to do that. It's not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and that you and that wine. Um, here's the problem with going into the past especially if you could come back from the past after you go back in, is that you go back in the past, you inevitably change the future, which will be your present, because you weren't supposed to be there. And, you know, if you, you know, we've all seen Back to the Future. How that yes. You and can then you screw the, it up. Exactly. Yeah. You interrupt the space-time continuum, and then you I might know. not even exist. Although, you know, if you... If you subscribe to the theory that you know all the choices we could possibly make are being made in parallel universes, I think you just if you were to go back in the past, we'd be hopping on a different time universe. Not, so you think you're just kind of oh. like jumping on rocks across the river until you find the rock you like the best? <laughs> Is that what you're well, saying? You know, some have equated river uh, time to a, a river flowing. You know, did you see? Did you guys see? Uh, what is the Matthew McConaughey movie, Interstellar? Did you see oh, that? Loved it. So good. Right. So good. Exactly. So I think that kind of, you know, we got the, those parallel things happening. So, but I think that for me, the curiosity of what the future is going to turn out to be will win out over me wanting to go back and fix anything. Because if I could go back and give my younger self advice, I don't know that I would because all the all the things that have happened in my past have made me who I am today. And, you know, contrary to popular belief, I turned out okay. So. Oh, see, I didn't go there at all with that. I was thinking I would go back to, like, some time when something happened and see what really happened as opposed to what they say in the the books. Give us some you know nouns. I mean? Give us some, some more. Give me an example. Like, I would go back to the time of Jesus and see what was really going on. Of course, hmm. I think I would destroy religion. I would destroy oh, modern-day religion. Well, yeah. And is that healthy? Would yeah, theology even exist but, if you... But you'd be going back <laughs> to such an extremely patriarchal society that they would probably stone you before you got the chance to get to your second sentence. Nice. I don't mean I don't mean that as a slight against you. I'm just saying that was that was maybe the times. You know, women apparently didn't have a place where they... And could... you're just assuming I couldn't keep my mouth shut long enough that I would end up stoned right away. I don't think that's an assumption. I think that's a given. Oh, Brian, help me yeah. out. Brian, where would you go? Future because you couldn't witness an injustice and let it go. That's 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 who you are. You're assuming that the Bible's correct when you say that. Well, I well I, he I, often I, assumes that. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think one just has to look at like you know first any any history book non. Uh, religious history book about first century life, and you'll see that the parallels made in the Bible. Oh, you mean about the injustice for women back then? Yeah. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'd have a problem with that. Yeah. That's probably why I shouldn't travel to many other countries. <laughs> and if you could time travel in the past, wouldn't you want to go see your, your younger self? Why wouldn't you? That'd be the first place I'd go. No problem with where I'm at in life right now. What Or would you want to go see your older self? In the future, well, yeah, exactly, and I'd, I'd want to go see what happened to me, how I turned out. What if it's very depressing? 
Well, then I'd come back and make some changes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but what if... Go ahead. Well, it's an interesting question. What if you, yeah, what if you go to the future and you realize like you were going to die a year after you left? Could you just stay in the future and keep living? Or would events keep unfolding in the other time? Ooh. Well, they deal with you know that I mean? on, on Futurama. On Futurama, they have a very good time continuum about that. <laughs> ah. I went back to the future. She went with Futurama. Um, I think it would be... I think it would be, and and somebody must be coming home. The dogs barking. You know, y'all y'all talk. I'll mute. I'll mute for a while. <laughs> the dogs, all right, all right, all right. So, um, I know. Would I, ra- would I rather go to the past or the future? I think it's a it's an interesting question. The past, we know a little bit more about the past. Uh, we have some idea, though, as you noted, uh, Tina. It'd be nice to see for ourselves, like what happened in some of these events. What did, what was Jesus really saying? Um, what was Shakespeare really like? Did he write all those plays? You know, whatever. Um, fascinating stuff to learn and figure out. But the future is so unknown that it's kind of tantalizing. And you assume, hopefully, it's a little better. But you never know, because if that whole meteor thing happens, or Climate change gets worse. Or humans are dumb enough to create their own extinction. Yeah, well, I mean, what if you go to a future and there's no humans there? That'd be a little depressing. Yeah. However, like with, with what Ogin was saying, though, so you go to the future and it's terrible and you're like, I'm going to do something about it. And you go to the past and you end up changing whatever it was that created that future in the first place. What was that uh, 12 Monkeys? Do you remember that with Brad Pitt? That was something like that. Yeah, Bruce Willis. What? Was yeah, Brett, he was Brett, in it too. Oh, Bruce Willis was Bruce Willis was the criminal that goes back, but Brad Pitt was in charge of like the crazy people, or the uh, not crazy people, the um like the rebel people. This is why we shouldn't time travel. Just this is why we shouldn't. We can't. You know so, happen. Uh, so Mark on Facebook says, "I would rather travel into the past and change some things in my own life for the better." So thanks for chiming in, Mark, and that's an interesting point. Could you could you even do that? Interfere with your own life? You could, but I don't know that it would end up being for the better when you came back to this present time. The ripple effects, man. The butterf- Did you guys watch the butterfly effect? That was another. Love it. Yeah, that was a good one. With the oh, I forgot the about that one. Uh, Ashley is- Kushner. I was going to say the, the 70s show guy. <laughs> yeah, but he was really he acted very well in this. But yeah, exactly like that. Like are you really changing your life for the better? Like you may think you are, but there's I mean there's a reason we're living our lives. There's a reason we're learning the lessons we're learning. You know, you you yeah. go back and change it. It might it might change the course of history to something even worse. We touched on this a few episodes back when we had the question about baby Hitler. Mhm. And and one of the one of the follow up questions I think we never got to was the same thing about Jesus. Like knowing all the atrocities that have been committed in the name of Christianity, could you be justified in saying, Let's go back and kill baby Jesus? And, and we really talked about that because I don't recall that. No, we didn't. I think we would have set everybody off if we, we were didn't to talk get about to that. that part. we 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 maybe talked mentioned it offline, but we didn't talk oh, about yeah. it. And then For the reason we didn't get to that part. Know, <laughs> would it have made a difference because I think it was less about the person than about the climate and the context that created 
the person and the movement. So if it hadn't been Hitler, would there have been another somebody else would have risen? If it hadn't been Jesus, would it would there have been somebody else who rose up to you know challenge the status quo? There's always someone challenging the status quo. So I don't think assassinating is or stopping their existence is going to change anything. I just want to say that. Saying going back in time to kill the baby Jesus might be the most heretical thing that's ever been said. Brian is officially distancing himself from the program. Just, I had nothing to do with that comment. This is not the view of pub theology as a whole. <laughs> the views spoken by certain folks do not represent the view. Question, not an opinion. Brian, I have to say, I always thought you'd be saying that to me. I really didn't think Ogin would be the one to. <laughs> Oh, really? I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> you, just, you just jumped everything right there. <sighs> oh, that's, that's a good time to... I'm the only brave enough to say it out loud. I, it's okay. A good time to move on to number two. All right. So, uh, as we all know, unfortunately, uh, Prince died last week unexpectedly. Um, maybe a first question is, how did you react when you heard that? Um, well, you know, there was shock, of course, and um, I experienced profound sadness, not so much about Prince himself, but two days earlier, my grandfather had passed away, and a few uh, last month, um, a very close aunt of mine passed away, and then last June... My wife had passed away, so it was it was you know what what I'm learning in grief and what other people who've experienced a lot of grief tell you is that every loss kind of sits on top of the other ones. It kind of compounds yes. them. It it brings it all back up. It triggers a lot of of your grief. So so that's that's what happened. There was a very profound sadness, which you know on some level was about the loss of Prince himself, but. I was clear it was triggering the previous three grief experiences that that I had had. So it was kind of like piling on. And interestingly enough, when it happened, you know, everybody's playing, pr- playing uh, Prince and it's all over the airwaves and, you know, other podcasts I listen to that aren't music podcasts are playing Prince and all the news, you know, playing songs and showing videos. I could not bring myself to listen to any Prince for like a couple days because of you know the the profound uh, grief that was coming up in me. I think Saturday evening was the first time I could comfortably, you know, play Prince and not have a breakdown about it. And in case you're curious, I wrote about it. So uh, on my church's website, UnionOnTheRiver.org, I got a nice blog post about that called oh. "All All I See Is Purple Rain." I'll check that out. Please do. Cool. Tina, what were your thoughts when you read that Prince died? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was not a huge fan of his music. Um, I actually turned down going to a concert one time. Tina, um, that's more sacrilegious than killing baby Jesus. Of time travel. That's more sacrilegious than killing baby Jesus. Dude, I'm being honest. So I wasn't a huge fan of his music. However, as an artist and a humanitarian, I think he was just an amazing person. Like, I appreciate any person that is willing to step out there and be themselves no matter what the crowd thinks. Um, so I have I have tons of respect for him for the way he lived his life. Um, he was a unique individual. 
and uh, you know he pushed the boundaries and anybody who pushes the boundaries to me is is pretty cool and he didn't do it in a way that was hurtful and I think that's the big thing for me like there's you know um, there's there's a way to push the boundaries and there's a way to push the boundaries that you're actually hurting other people and he everything he did people could have been offended by but that was their choice he wasn't actually doing anything to hurt anybody and um, if you've listened to some of his friends talk he actually was a huge humanitarian and he did it all behind the scenes because that was his religion you know you didn't brag about stuff like that but he was always there to help other people to support causes and um, he did it with his heart he did everything with heart and anybody who does everything with heart like that man I have so much respect for him how are you not a fan of his music I'm still stuck on that point I, I liked Purple Rain you know there are certain songs I liked I guess I, I don't know I I could pass by his songs on the radio and not think anything of it except for Purple Rain and When the Doves Cry. And maybe Let's Go Crazy. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Dearly know. beloved, we are gathered, we are gathered here, here to I get know. through this thing called life. life. Uh, yeah. If, classic. if you wanted to get in a sexy mood, there was cream. Yeah, I exactly. Exactly. Voice to men. That was my thing. You know, nothing I watched. Compares a... to you. I mean, come on. Nothing <gasps> compares to you. He wrote that. Yeah. For okay. I didn't. Yeah. He she, he didn't sing it. I oh, he perform, no, he performed it too later. But okay. I'm sorry, but nothing compares to Sinead O'Connor performing that song. Have you ever heard Prince do it? Um. No. Doesn't. No. And, uh, there you go. You know what he sang on the Muppets once was yes. um, Starfish and Coffee. Yes, that was awesome. And maple syrup and tangerines. So pretty pretty good stuff, pretty good stuff. So um, what about this contradiction in his life? He was... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Before you move on, Whoa. what do you think about him, Brian? How did you react? Well, at first I thought that that's a hoax. I thought there's no way he's not that old. Come on, like how did he die? I hadn't heard of any health issues, um, so I, you know, I at first I didn't believe it, but then of course the reports are confirmed, and he had died, and I was just sad, you know, because, uh, you know, I I can't say I ever owned any Prince albums, but whoa, he was an icon. But Sorry, he's that an was icon. A big that was a, I had a, a visual reaction. I forgot we were an audio we were an he, audio show here. He, he is an icon, and uh, you know he's just he he was a terrifically skilled musician. You know I think partly when I was younger, growing up, uh, growing up in sort of a Christian sub pseudo evangelical subculture, you know Prince's style and sometimes lyrics. Uh, you know, I, I kind of wondered, well, is this, is this what I should endorse or, or listen to or whatever? But he was so he so infiltrated the culture that you got Prince whether you wanted him or not, and I'm glad yeah. that that was so um, because he was he was a gift, I think, to humanity. Okay, so here's my question, and I'm pretty sure it leads into the next question that you were going into is, is that who he was or was he feeding the culture at the time? Like, was he being an actor for the culture or was he expressing who he truly was? Fair enough. Um, I, I, I think he was expressing who he truly was. Not all of who he was, because as any of us know who, you know, 
even in the small context of like being a minister at a small church, when we stand before others, they don't see the all of who we are. And Prince was a very, you know, he was also an intensely private person mm -hmm. as well. So, so we can we can only guesstimate at who he was. But one of the things he said in an interview I heard once was that, you know, he 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 saw the world and interacted with the world musically in his like in his head in his thoughts. Like we hear thoughts running through our head. You know, when stuff would happen, he he heard tunes. He heard lyrics, he heard lines of music, and he was known sometimes for having conversations with people, and they'd say something that would trigger a lyric or a line, and he would, like, lead the conversation to go write it down, or go play it, or something, so that, he was, he was, that was how he saw the world, or heard the world, and interacted with the world. You can't be that prolific a songwriter like he was, and cover the range of topics and the depth that he did if it wasn't coming from a truly authentic place. Okay, I agree with that. And by the way, uh, um, listener Sarah says, uh, the anti-prince is Kanye West. What are your thoughts about that? <laughs> the anti-prince. <laughs> prince was about the world, Kanye is about himself. There is a spectrum. Yeah, I hear that. Probably yes. true. Oh, and, and, you know, what you'd asked earlier about if this was, you know, are we surprised that he was as deeply religious as he was? Um, you know, he was um, Jehovah's Witness, and he grew up Seventh-day Adventist. And in a sense, I don't think it was, because I think that truly when you look from a a big-picture place in a religious context, you know, God encompasses everything, and therefore, you can be a deeply religious person, but at the same point, if you're not encompassing everything in your life, the highs and the lows, the, the, the things we can enjoy about life, you know, relationships, sex, all that stuff, that too is, is holy. So I don't think it was really necessarily incongruent with who he was. Yeah, so that's a great point, Ogan. And do you think how... Um... How intentional do you think he was about that? Because, uh, as far as I understand, uh, Seventh Day Adventists is a fairly restrictive uh, culture. There's no alcohol. Um, I assume they preach abstinence uh, and sex before marriage. I mean, could it be he was reacting to that conservative upbringing, or do you think he had a thought-out theology in which all things are sacred, therefore my sexuality is part of who I am? And you know, you, you um, see what I'm saying? I think, I like yeah. yeah. Well, I think we all, I think we all adhere to our quote-unquote religious directives to the extent that we all want to. You know, if that makes sense. So some of us can say that we believe um, or align ourselves with a particular movement or denomination, but we're going to do the things that we feel good about. And as a songwriter and the prolific composer that he was, I don't think he was going to stifle that. It was Someone else has some was. lyrics to add. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so interesting um, that he converted to... Uh, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, because... I don't know, you know, it just was surprising. And I... I read about uh, this couple, uh, this Jewish couple, who had a knock on their door, and it was 
prince holding a copy of the Watchtower magazine to tell them about the good news of being a Jehovah's Witness. And uh, and the couple was like, uh, no thanks for the religious stuff, but please come in because you're prince. So, I, okay, so we were talking about the seven-day seven Advent Adventists. So that's how he was raised. So Jehovah's Witness, how strict are they with the whole sexuality thing? I'm less familiar with that. It's a good question, um, but I know that they tend to be uh, conservative um, in terms of mannerism and dress. I think it's a sort of a, you know wear your formal best on on uh, at all you know Sunday gatherings or whatever day they gather. Um, Okay, but what do you do the rest of the days? Like some some religions are pretty loose on the rest of the days, so, so that's, a, that's yeah, a wonder. Maybe, maybe so, maybe so, but uh, yeah, I would think I they think tend to separate. I think we got to separate the again the edicts of any particular movement from someone's choice as to how they wanted to live those edicts. So no, for example, I'm hearing you, Ogan. Ogan, I'm hearing you. I'm just wondering, like, how strictly he stuck to their code and how much of it was him just expressing himself. You know what I mean? Because I know he was very strict on the doing humanitarian things but not um, being bragging about it or being showy about it. Sure. So I how, he, I mean... I guess only he would really know. Okay. Because I knew some Jehovah's Witnesses in high school and they were pretty cool people. Like, they didn't do anything the rest of us didn't do except for not go to holiday functions. Well, given given uh, his his list of uh, paramours and the women he's surrounding himself with, I don't. I'm pretty sure he didn't really adhere to the maybe the strict. The, the, How do you know? What are their the, rules? You don't. Did you know the rules? Maybe maybe one of us should have looked this up before we had this show. <laughs> maybe one of us should, but I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly certain that the vast majority of fairly, uh, um, I guess, mainline Christian movements do not condone lots of uh, sexual behavior. Okay. But you're right in that point, because how many of the parishioners actually adhere to it? Exactly. You know, I mean, t take Roman, take take Catholicism, for example, you know, they, they no, no divorce in, no, you know, uh, Pregnancy out of wedlock, no abortions, but I can guarantee you that there's a whole string of millions of Catholics who've done all the above. You know, it's 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 about we, what how how strictly are we going to follow these things when it comes to our day to day living and the repercussions of choices we make or don't make. You know, I, I guess my big thing is um, at the end of the day, because this is a question somebody had asked me earlier today. Um, at the end of the day. Did Prince make a positive impact on this world? And I pretty much, I want to say he did. I mean, he inspired people, and he he encouraged people to express themselves. And, I mean, he, he encouraged so many generations. I just, I want to think he made a positive impact in the world, and, and isn't that what spirituality and re religion is about at the core? Um, no, most of them aren't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think at the I think at the honestly at the core of religion theology it's not 
so much about making a positive impact on the world as it is about getting to know God. But isn't God the world? Mm. I mean, isn't this his world? Wow. Aren't we pretty much supposed to be caretakers here? Well, yeah, but again, you know... So trash the world but worship God and that's okay? Because I feel like that's what modern society is like. I didn't say it was okay. I'm telling you what it's... what the what the intention is because we can have again look at history even look at present day time people who um who strive to know god better within their religious context because religion is teaching you about knowing god but then they take that and they apply it in different ways some to be compassionate and support everyone some of it to decry others you know when we look at the the religious freedom movement that's going sweeping around the country now that's saying, you know, I have a right because of my religious beliefs to deny services or fire someone because of their sexual orientation identification, you know, that's that's them taking their religious beliefs not and, and putting them that way. Somebody else takes the same set of religious beliefs and says God loves everyone, so we will support everyone. So, so in the narrow context of why do we have religion, why do we have theology, it's about getting to know God, and what you do with it after that is totally up to you. But isn't God in other people? Don't you see God in other people in the way you treat the world? Well, you'd like to think everybody thinks that way, but they don't. So you are speaking for a common Christian view, not your view. Yes, no, yes, not my view. My my view is, my view is, um, you know, what did Jesus say? What you do to the least of them, you do to me. Right. Boom. Nutshell. What's that? Yep. That's it in a nutshell. In a nutshell, right. So so basically, you use these teachings of getting to know God to better yourself and be more compassionate, be more loving, be more of the qualities that you may ascribe to your understanding of the divine. Exactly, which I think was what Tina was also saying. <laughs> That's why we need you, Brian. <laughs> I don't, I, but yeah, so, so, so I hold Tina's view. I personally agree with what Tina's saying, but I'm yeah, yeah. But again, this, just, this is our view. This is our opinion. We got to realize that our opinion doesn't make it so. Is Brian voguing? I don't know what. No, mean? I was. You guys were talking past each other. I think. I hear you. So, uh, does it surprise you that at um, one point uh, Prince spoke out against gay marriage? No, it doesn't surprise me if he's, again, within the confines of how he understands, you know, the edicts of who of the religious group that he's following. I, I know, but just if you didn't know... I'm not going to lie, that surprised me. <laughs> I did not know his religious background. Prince of all people, like yeah, that surprised me. Where's so, the sexuality on his sleeve? Who, uh, you know, who I think who pushed uh, gender boundaries um, mm-hmm. in in his dress and mannerisms and hairstyles and I mean he was yeah he he challenged he challenged our assumptions about gender norms. Yeah, he was awesome know. like that. Absolutely. But apparently he had his own boundaries, I guess. That's right. Well, I, That's right. I think for him, I think for him, the music transcended everything. I think it transcended his religion. I think it tra- I, I think for him, music was his religion, 
in terms of this is how he got to know and experience God. I think it was the music. Yeah, and you know, he said after his uh, conversion, he said, I don't really see it as a conversion. More, you know, it's a realization. It's like Morpheus and Neo in The Matrix. Uh, okay. <laughs> there it is, straight from the prince's mouth. There you go. Oh my goodness, that's funny. All right. Let's talk about Violent God since, you know, we're kind of good. It's a, it's a good segue when we talk about our understanding of God and how we interpret. I'd rather talk about Violent Nature, just saying. Well, and they're not, they're not, un, they're not disconnected, right? Right, exactly. So we have the question, is God violent? And if so, discuss the ramifications. Um, how do you deal with biblical texts which, uh, in which God causes or orders violence? Could you worship a violent God? And then we also ask, is nature violent? And should God, is God responsible for that violence that nature produces? I think we're talking about two different things here. Okay. I think we are too, but short answer, God violent, no. Nature violent, yes. No, nature is cyclical. Nature is about destruction yeah. and rebuilding. I wouldn't call it violent. It's cyclical. Well, yeah, the destruction part is violent. The rebuilding part is peaceful. You can consider violent. You can consider thunderstorms violent. I personally love them. Yeah, well, it, I'm, not, I'm not calling violent good or bad. I'm saying violent in the nature of it is aggressive, it's destructive. That's what I get by violence. I'm not, okay. saying, it's good or, I'm not saying it's good or bad. Yeah, and that's an important differentiation. Does the word violence contain a moral... Um, implication. Moral implication, exactly. I see a difference between violent and destructive. But that yeah. sounds weird I, when I say it like well, that. No, I hear, I hear you. Because we, we think of violent from human activity in which there's agency, intention, and all of that, and culpability. Well, yeah. With nature, it feels like a different deal. But when has, been, when has nature been violent and something not been destroyed? But it's cleansing when nature does it. It's not meant to hurt. But it's still destruction. We're arguing it, it's destruction. We, we, can assign, we can assign judgment to it. So here's an okay. example. Something happens in nature. There's a, there's a lightning storm. Lightning hits the tree, the field. It sets the thing on fire. You know, there's a forest fire which is part of the how the forest re, re, gets reborn. And mm -hmm. Okay, so we have that. So in that way, the, the violence of nature and the destruction is a good thing. But what happens if now that forest fire infringes upon our neighborhood, burns down some houses, and they have people who trapped inside and they die? Then we say it was a bad thing. So I'm not judging it as good or bad. I'm just saying that Yes, with violence, there's often a destruction of some kind, and this is what nature does. Nature destroys. It also re... re yeah, right. So would you call it cleansing if that lightning struck your home and killed everyone you loved? Well, it depends on who died. I'm asking Tina. I... Yeah, you know, it, I there I would have to say that there was, I don't know, it's cyclical. Nature didn't have something against me. I didn't think it was because God was sitting up there and he was pissed at me. You know, like, it just happened. It happened. Stuff happens. I remember 
back when we were doing Rants to Revelations, Timber Hawkeye totally opened up my eye, eyes to that. Um, you know, he grew up in the Middle East where there's constant war, and he said, you know, if you're waiting for the bus and the bus blows up, you wait for the next bus. And, you know, I'm not saying that people don't matter to me and, and you know, life matter to me. And I would be devastated if something had happened to my children, but I wouldn't consider it a vengeance from nature struck down on me. Was that even the question? I thought the question was, is nature violent? Well, Brian asked me if, if, you know, lightning struck my house and killed everybody inside of it, you know, wouldn't I feel, I wouldn't be angry at nature for it. I wouldn't think God was smiting me. It would just be something that happened. I wouldn't live the rest of my life trying to get back at somebody. Well, that's trying true. to get back at nature. Yeah. I'll get you, nature. We've been as a human species. So, uh, Ogan, you said immediately, uh, no, God is not violent. Uh, no. How do you explain uh, the number of biblical texts in which God either explicitly causes violence himself or he orders others to commit violence. That's that's just that's just people pinning it on God. People people pinning their own violent nature on God. And imagine, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> and imagining God has told them to go slaughter a bunch of people. It was it was what happened, you know, when you, especially when you look at the Old Testament, this uh, the Hebrew Bible. You know, it's a Bronze Age people. That's how they did things. They, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of killing. It was a very violent time in, in human evolution, even more so than now. Um, and people said that God did it, or God commanded them to do it. They made God the justification for their violent actions. And I think they generally believed it was God, but, you know, again, if your concept of God is, yes, the old patriarch in the sky... Um, you know, telling a certain group of people that, you know, I'm your God and nobody else is worthy to be the chosen people or whatever, you know, then sure, you can say God did it, but there was another group of people who were saying the same thing, but well, they're God. You know? Don't we do that today, Ogan? Doesn't every religion do that? They're the right one, everybody else is a little but off. But again, that's the people, not the God. So it's the people who are making that judgment call. I don't think there is. I don't think God, as you know, and you know where I stand, God is God is a principle, a presence. It's not. It's not something that is commanding us. So no, I don't. I don't believe God is violent. Again, I don't believe God has any human tendencies or characteristics. So yeah. So God is off the hook. God's off the hook. God was never on the hook. God, you are off the hook. There is no hook. (laughs) To paraphrase paraphrase Neo, uh, there is no hook. Oh. All right, all right. So so you will, you're, I mean, there's a lot of texts we're talking about here. Uh, You know, uh, there's the flood, there's... um, Killing all the firstborn in Egypt, turning the river to blood. That all sounds um, like nature to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a good point. Actually happened. Um, you know, having Moses hold his arms in the sky Again, so that they can keep the sla- the sun can they can keep slaughtering longer. Listen, you know what I always say: don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. Did those things actually happen or not? 
No, I don't believe that those things actually happen. I believe they're allegories. Was there battles and fights? Absolutely. Was there times when the children of Israel, you know, decided, hey, you know what, we're going to go take over this land because our God is telling us to, and they're going to go wipe out some people. And, you know, there was one day when they had a great, great victory. And, you know, the body count was high. And maybe up on the mountain was Moses or whoever it was standing with his hands up going, yeah, guys, go get him. And they're like, that was his excuse for not swinging a sword, not getting bloodied. Exactly. <laughs> they, they, mistook, they mistook a rallying cry for. You know, He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand here and do this. You guys all fight. <laughs> this is an important job. <laughs> so again, so again, Brian, to to be serious about what you're saying, do yeah. we read, do we read those tales as, you know, historic, actual historical events, word for word, or do we recognize them as stories that may have been embellished, or in some cases, pure fiction? You know, there's, there's always that, that. Uh, historical question of, you know, did the exodus really happen? How is it that this amount, this number of people can be wandering around a desert for 40 years and there be no, like, geological evidence of it at all? Now, I'm not saying some kind of... Seriously, Ogan? Did you seriously just say that? I just seriously just say that. No. Because so, the, the desert landscape doesn't change constantly? Let me finish what I'm saying, please. Easy. So okay. I am not saying that there wasn't some, you know, there wasn't a time where, you know, the Israelites, the Jews were in that part of the world and, and left and, you know, they were under oppression and they left. Did it, did it happen literally? Did, was there a literal right. pardon of the Red Sea and them crossing on dry land and Pharaoh's soldiers being drowned river? I don't, I don't believe that, A, it historically happened literally that way. Or that it matters that it did or didn't to take away from from the true power of the story. So this last Friday, I, I had the privilege and the honor of um, excuse me attending a seder with uh, the rabbi here from my community. He invited me to his house, and um, uh, it was a brilliant seder. Had a lot of fun. Drank a lot of wine. Um, you know, the highlight of the evening was when I asked, "So, are we only supposed to drink wine at the four places in the ceremony?" <laughs> and his wife said, uh, when we do Seder, you can drink whenever you want. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah, that's the key. Exactly. And he, the rabbi himself actually said, don't be, don't, don't be stingy with filling your cup. You know, no, we are this supposed is to not like all other nights. Oh, my God, it was awesome. But the whole point, again, is this is, this is a story that is, about, that is fundamental to, to this I, I, you know, Judaism is not, not, it's not even a belief. It's, it's, it's beyond a belief. It's a culture. It's a way of life. It's, right. it's who these people are. And we can all look at stories from our ancient past, no matter what culture we belong to, and have some great meaning to them, whether they're fact or myth. And the best stories in the world are a little bit of both. There's some fact that is right. the basis of the story, but then we build myth upon it. Was there a flood? There probably was a flood at that time. Was it a flood that covered the whole earth? Right. No, because, Both you know, as far as the people were concerned, the whole earth was like, you know, 30 miles down the road. Okay, so here's my problem with everything you just said. Wow. <laughs> In one statement. So Go. that means that nothing we do matters. It's just about the story we tell. Well, there's something to that. 
Nothing we do matters. It's about the story we tell. And that is heartbreaking to me. No, that's not what I'm saying. Are you saying that's what I'm saying? Isn't that what history is? Just about the stories that get told? Well, history ends up, A, being written by the victors, pretty much. Right. You know, and, and we villainize everybody who lost, even though we know every single human has good and evil in them. Right. Not good but and now, evil, but... But here's the thing. Later on, later on, the losers become vindicated. So, for example, here's a, here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example. The landing on Plymouth Rock with the pilgrims and the Native Americans. Okay, we all kind of know the a little bit of the history around that. There was first great mythology around the story. Then there was some history. Do you know who else was there that we don't hear a lot about? There were black people there. There were slaves. There were Africans involved in that mix, too. And it's only within the past, I'd say, 15, 20 years that that part of the story is coming to light. So when you go to you know, the historical site in Jamestown or wherever that land had happened, you know, now there's now there is representation for the Africans that were brought over as slaves at that time that were part of that story that wasn't there before because, you know, they were marginalized. They weren't. So, so history sometimes vindicates those who weren't included in, in, in the myth of the story. But any story that involves us as a culture, there's going to be a mix of fact. There's going to be a mix of myth as well. Okay. I, so I agree with that. Go ahead, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Well, I was just going to bring us back to the violence uh, thing and get away from the uh, stories. I, I mean, I think what Ogan says is um, backed up by a lot of uh, biblical scholarship and or archaeologists in terms of how much of these Old Testament narratives uh, are based in um, actual historical events that we can tell, uh, maybe not as many as we might like to think. But the question still remains, okay, so let's say God is off the hook for, well, we know he's off the hook, but let's say he's off the hook for the violence in the Bible, but let's say we also have this idea that God set up the world, God created the world and set up the laws of nature and everything to happen as it does, and we know that we live in a, the kind of world where tsunamis happen and can wipe out um, you know, whole villages in Southeast Asia or whole towns in Florida um, or New Orleans, for that matter, killing a lot of people, is God culpable for that which he set into motion? Boom. <laughs> um, again, we're assuming that God's... So, okay, so that question assumes that God's setting something into motion. I don't believe God's setting anything into motion. Nature does what nature does. These storms were ravaging Ooh. the earth way before people showed up. Before God so, had something. You know, and and if you if you know that there's gonna be storms coming that's gonna flood the coastline and you build your house on the coastline, don't be blaming God if the house gets washed away. The Just foolish saying. man built his house on the sand. Right? Oh, okay, Ogan. I hear what you're saying. However, natural disasters happen in every part of the country. So you can't right. fault the man who builds on the sand because somebody else is building in a tornado alley and another person is building on a volcano that hasn't erupted in 100 years. And yeah. That's all I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying these deaths aren't tragic and horrific. I'm not saying it's, it's not terrible when you know, a tornado blows through a community and lives are lost. Of course, that's horrible. But to ask the question, why did God let this happen or why did God spare this house, 
you know, but destroy that one, yeah. That's that's there's no value in that question. God's not sending the tornado. The tornadoes were blowing through that place first, and you decide to build a house in the path of the tornado. Don't blame God. Fair enough. How did but... you know that the that was the path of? I don't understand that. Okay, no, I, I got everything else. Here's the thing. Most most um, views of God believe that God is the source of all life and all that is. Okay, everything that exists, including nature, laws of nature, um, cells, planets, the whole nine yards. So, if God is the ultimate source of life, isn't God culpable for anything that then unfolds after that? Um, I would say so. So the distinction is between source of life and that which causes every single occurrence. Okay, I think there's a distinction there. That's well, like that, you're talking about direct cause versus indirect cause now. Right. That's like that's like saying you know, and I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, <laughs> but. That's like that's like saying, you know, the person who invented gunpowder and guns, are they culpable for every death that happened after that? You know. Well, you could say there's an indirect linkage. Don't there there is an indirect linkage, but I don't think we can we can hold uh people who create tools or weapons culpable for how everybody else after them of uses Of course, but here's the difference. You're talking about a mortal human being. If we're talking about God, most people's conception of God is that he's all-knowing, and so he would create knowing this is exactly what is going to follow suit. So that's, that's the difference in the analogy. That's why we need to stop personifying God. God's not a person. So that, yeah, it all depends on your definition of God at that point. I yeah. think your view of God gets away doesn't have to deal with that problem. But I think classical definitions of God do have to deal with that problem. Classical, yeah. That's why it's called the problem of evil. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> no, seriously, though. That, I mean, that's like a classic conundrum in theology. Uh, but, here's, is, but here's my thing. So I always go back to, again, are we asking the right question? It's like we want to keep asking questions to keep justifying this view of God. Is it possible that we need to change the view of God? Well, Why would you? I'm just saying. <laughs> good que it's a good question. I just know that we have listeners uh, who uh, don't hold that view of God. Um, and well, they've got themselves in quite a conundrum, don't they? <laughs> it's called it's called a classic pickle. I'd rather be at peace than be in a conundrum. And if Is that it means violence if you were expecting a sweet pickle and it's dill? <laughs> Start with that question. <laughs> you know, sometimes nice. you just gotta, just gotta throw it out there. Oh my God, that's hilarious. That 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 is, that is hilarious. But it 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 boggles my mind. It it honestly does. And and I, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who holds any particular view of God. Whatever view of God you hold is yours. But I think it boggles my mind knowing what we know now. I mean, historically, scientifically, from an evolutionary, human human evolutionary perspective, it still boggles my mind that there are those who who would hold on to the view of God that existed, you know, that was the same view people held on to 
millennia upon millennia ago. We've Ooh, evolved. What we know right. about the universe has evolved. What we know about how things come into being has evolved. Why why are we still clinging to that idea of a god as a causative agent when we know how nature happens? We know how storms come about. We know... Ogan, you are using we as if the collective human species has all the knowledge that you have. Oh, I don't have any knowledge. I'm like... <laughs> no, but I but, mean, I think there... I, yeah, I mean, it's always tough to speak for any large group of people and or all humanity, but we have advanced in a number of ways beyond, you know, where humanity was 500, 1,000 or longer Brian, ago. Right. you can say that, but not every corner of this world is taught the same thing. There and, are definitely... And the only thing that matters is the stories we're told. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, that's our that's our line for this episode. Stories were told. Um. Could, could so, so again, so so to clarify then, so let's. I'm. I guess I'm more speaking towards those those who know, you know, those who know about the science, those who know about the history. Right. Does that make sense? I guess that's that's the we I'm referring to. If you okay. don't, if you haven't been told and you don't know, you know, then you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, then you know something, obviously, more than most people. More, more than likely. Different, different yeah. than most people. Are you stumbled? Everybody knows something accident. about something. Stumbled upon it by accident, and your browser froze, and you're stuck with us. Yeah, you're, you're wondering exactly how you walked into this thing. That, you know, <laughs> these voices keep on going, and it's like, do these guys you know just anything? Shut up. <laughs> do, they, do they know anything? That's what makes it fascinating. It's like, it, how it, long can these people yeah. who don't know anything keep talking? It happens so, every day in politics. <laughs> oh, fair exactly. Enough. Fair I, enough. Exactly. So no, I don't. I don't. I don't think God has any responsibility, or is culpable. At God all. has no responsibility or culpability. Well, I have here a song from Prince that I think ties the whole room together. Um, in terms of. Uh, Talking about prints, talking about creation, talking about nature. So does that sound like a fitting way to wrap things up? Yes. Well, I don't know. We or might do you have a, you have something else to bring in before we he get always, to that. He no. always does. So here's the thing about Prince, as much as we said good things about him, Prince and and I'm sure probably now his his estate, they were ridiculously litigious about unauthorized use of his music. This is why so so after he passed away people were rushing to the internet to find music clips and videos and were having a hard time finding any because... Oh, yeah. Okay, when do you get out? We're going to get sued? Uh, I'm not worried about it now. The man's passed away. I'm just saying. I'm going to read those lyrics and read them with pride. Oh, you read? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to play the song. No, 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 no. I'm going to read it. No, oh, no. Sorry. Funny. I wasn't clear. Don't roll your eyes at me, Tina. He wasn't clear. He just oh, said... Oh, my God. You saw that? <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> Have I have to really watch eyes. my facial expressions. I didn't think you could see me that closely. Okay. okay. So, and when so now, you roll your eyes, it takes up the whole of your face. So now I'm going to travel back in time to that perfect segue I had launched about five <laughs> minutes ago. And we are going to close with these words from Prince himself from a song entitled God. In the beginning, there was God. He made the earth and the heavens. He gave us light to rule the day. Another light to rule the night, the Lord thy God. He made, he made the seas, 
he made the fruit upon the tree. When he saw, when he saw that it was good, he made a man, he made a man. Only he could, only he could. God made you, God made me too. He made us all, he made us all equally. That's beautiful. Sounds and there you have it. Rest in peace, Prince. Rest in peace, indeed. Exactly. Well, that wraps up our episode on Prince and Pints. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Please connect and spread the word about Pub Theology Live on social media. You can listen anytime at SoundCloud or on iTunes. If you want to find a Pub Theology gathering in your town or find resources to start your own, please visit pubtheology.com. And once again, thanks to our sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Visit craftbeerseller.com for a location near you and keep listening all month for a chance to win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar. And with that, we are out. Later.